Good afternoon, Henry Harris, Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, Tangled Conversations and What They Can Tell Us About Ourselves. Let's begin with our overview. Your well-being, your health, your mental health, your spiritual health, all of it is completely unconditional of the circumstances of your life, the past circumstance, the present circumstances, the anticipated future circumstances, no matter your moods, your, your volatile feelings, your difficult feelings, anxiety, stress, habits, etc., none of those things are actual indicators of your inherent mental health. Your, health, your mental health is unconditional. Now, is it possible for a person to come to believe that he is fundamentally missing well-being or mental health? Yes, that is possible. A person can come to believe that he is missing, that there's something broken, something missing, something definitely uh, inherently shameful about his, his life or his, his, his basic ability to function. And the way that looks to me is that when a person misunderstands his feelings and what's true about them. Our feelings, our moods, our experiences of life are so strong. We're feeling them. We're living fronts. They're kind of our front row seat. We're always front row to our feelings and our moods. They're just very much, we're living in them. Um, but to the degree that we don't see kind of what's behind them, we can get very distressed. We can get truly frightened. So when our feelings drop, our mood drops, we can come to view it as that's a problem. Like clearly, there's something wrong with me. There's really something wrong. Oh, I'm 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 I act in such reactive ways. Oh, I'm I'm living in so much stress and anxiety or fear or anger or kind of lack of self control. All of that. Uh, internal experience can look like such a indicator of, you know, blaring sirens like bah, 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 there's really something wrong, alert, alert, and then you'll innocently try to help yourself to alleviate the stress, alleviate the the problem. But the truth is, is that it's it's not really something that you can control, you can control, and it's not something you need to control. No different. In the same way you needn't control the weather outside, you really don't need to control the weather inside your mind, inside your heart. We are every human being in this world subject to a flow of energy that is kind of elevated and peaceful and trusting, as well as energy that is mistrustful and frightened and self-centered. And inside that feeling, inside those feelings, it looks it looks like those feelings are describing something about the life that we're living in, the reality of our lives, the reality of our, of our own nature. And in fact, all it is is really just indicating kind of the reality of our now. It's really those feelings, those moods, those ups and downs are really telling us about the reality of our now. Now, when we innocently misunderstand that and come to view it as, no, this is telling me about the world, it's telling me about my life, telling me about my quality as a human being, my, my basic uh, uh, stature in life, then 
innocently but mistaken, we kind of, we either try to control those feelings or we try to avoid those feelings, but the irony is, is that that endeavor to control or to, to avoid those feelings is a form of, of kind of an energy, uh, like an, it's like almost like an oxygen to those feelings. It, it kind of animates and, 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 and gives a certain intensity to those feelings. It amplifies them. So what's the solution? How do we get rid of those feelings? Well, I'm, I'm making the case that you don't need to. You can't get rid of the feelings in an absolute sense. And you really don't need to. You really, really don't need to. The life that you're living is safe. It's safe unconditionally. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't circumstances in life that should be avoided or circumstances that, that, don't, that need a response. There is such a thing as people and circumstances that could be harmful, inappropriate, dangerous, but I have a lot of confidence, and I believe that deep down you do as well, that your capacity to identify actual danger is reliable. You and I have the capacity to distinguish between the alarming internal feeling of, I'm having the wrong feeling, I'm having the wrong mood, I'm having the wrong internal experience, between that and, hey, I'm actually in physical danger right now. I'm actually at risk of being harmed in some physical, financial, or some fundamental psychological manner. I believe that you and I have the ability to distinguish between those, and we are frequently coming to an alarmed state over something that really is not an alarming state, over an alarming circumstance. And when we see that for ourselves, we, when we see that our experience of life is flowing, and that not through any authorship on our part, our feelings can go up and down, not because we did something wrong, not because we did something so skillful and clever, our feelings can move up and down. It, we are on the receiving end of this beautiful flow. When we see that for ourselves, it's so, it's, it's meaningful. It's meaningful. We, we glimpse something behind the veil of sorts. We get a, a deeper feeling and appreciation for just how good life is and how safe it is and how much, just how good and healthy our, our, our life and our, our, our presence in this world is. And we, came, and we come into a deeper recognition that uh, I can be in the painful feelings in my life. I can. I'm not denying that they're painful. I'm not saying that I know how to avoid all painful feelings. I just come to, to recognize that painful feelings, as well as warm and excited feelings, they're not, they're not subject to my, to my control. I, I, I needn't go out and grab them or avoid them. In Jewish wisdom, there's something called hishtavut. Hishtavut is the capacity to see what's that every that there's a certain sameness when you recognize that there's one single source behind all life. Everything is emanating from a single power. There is no other power that is at, at the at the at the at the heart of every experience. Nothing creates. Nothing. Every power is really a power that's on loan from the one single power. When when a person kind of gets a glimpse of that that oneness then there's an equanimity, there's an equilibrium, there's a recognition that I could be in the midst of a, of a extremely, dis, uh, uh, a lot of people's disapproval, a lot of people's upset, a lot of people's disgruntled reaction to me, and, and yet 
I, as much as I, I might find it uncomfortable or distressing, I, I kind of sense, okay, well, all of this is, is emanating from one place. And the same thing when I'm on the receiving end of great honor and adulation, I'm not sent off into the stratosphere because I kind of sense like, well, there's really only one source to this adulation. There's only one source behind the adulation and the honor. Like, it's not something to go over the moon over. It's nice, and I appreciate it, and I see the beauty. Most, first and foremost, I see the profound beauty of the oneness behind it all. And and that's that's what we're looking to share here. And this notion about the spiritual foundations of mental health, your mental health is not dependent on the events of your past. It's not dependent on the events and circumstances of your present. It's not dependent on the... The, the quality of your behavior, you're, in, you're inherently well. You're inherently connected to a source of wisdom. That source of wisdom will make available to you a variety of flows of feelings. And none of them are dangerous. None of them have the... the none of them are, are in and of themselves the, the, the holy grail that you must find and cling to. Those feelings are, are can be rich in their pain, and they can be rich in their in their extreme pleasure. It's seeing kind of the truth behind those feelings that is really what we're after, and that allows us to live with a, a, an aspect of kind of being a watcher. We're in our lives, but we're not being yanked around by our lives. We're kind of in our lives and also watching our lives in a way that we're seeing. We're watching the source. We're really watching, kind of, we're looking on the lookout for, for a sense that there's something more, something behind all those feelings. And my experience has been is that when we sense, when we, it's, it's, as I always like to say, it's inherently meaningful to look for that, to be interested in that, to be curious for that truth. In Jewish wisdom, it's a mitzvah, it's a commandment to believe and to explore the notion that there's a single source behind all life. And simultaneously is a mitzvah commandment to explore the basic truth that there is no other power than that single source. And to believe that there is a single, that there's a power that, that actually makes things run and happen and controls things and my feelings is a misunderstanding. It's a, in, it's a, in, in colloquial terms, it's a form of idolatry. So these are highly valuable endeavors to just be interested in. It's a, we're, 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 we're cranking out the, the, the mitzvahs, the fulfillments of commandments by inquiring into this. And, there was, and, and it's very normal that we're impacted by this inquiry. It, it leaves us with a, with a recognition about there being something more than, than, um, than what meets the eye. Today's topic I shared was entangled conversations and what they can tell us about ourselves. And... I'm just watching a little bit the the kind of the the med the world outside and on some of the feeds on various social networking sites and just experiencing the disgruntlement that people have and the feelings of kind of you know strong strong opinions about um, various questions and topics vaccinations and masks and uh, political discussions and personalities and. I, I'm just struck by the, the, t the intensity, the intensity with which people feel their feelings. And I, 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 my take on it is as follows. I think that there is 
there, there are issues of importance in the world. There are positions that I believe are more, um, more in line with with a deep, with a with a deeper truth, a deeper reality. There are positions that are less in line with a deeper truth and reality. There's positions matter. There are real issues of the day that it's worthwhile to have clarity about, and it's very valuable to avoid mistaken conclusions about. And discussions are valuable. But there's a simultaneous value of kind of an equilibrium, this idea of, of hishtavut, of the capacity to experience a sense of, of anchoredness in, in the fact that life is good and life is safe. I'm not saying that therefore nothing matters and just that all is good and there's no reason to get agitated or upset or concerned about issues in public policy. I, I, there is real consequences to making good public policy uh, for the society we live in to exercise in good public policy decisions. It's just that there's an equal, not, not, there's an equally important value to maintaining a certain dignity of one's, oneself and a dignity of connection, of, of relationships with others. You know, the capacity to see that I, I, I I value the, the pursuit of a meaningful and wise conclusion, and I value pursuing that meaningful conclusion with dignity, with a dignity that affirms my own dignity, that affirms the dignity of others. And that, and, and to the degree, what I'm seeing is, I'm, I'll speak for myself, to the degree that I struggle and become entangled in an emotional an emotionally dominated uh, argument. You know, when I feel myself becoming heated, when I feel myself kind of losing a sense of 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 um, thoughtfulness, getting swept up in in, in, a, in an emotional intensity, I, I I to me that's an opportunity to notice that I've lost sight or I'm I'm lacking this equilibrium. I'm lacking the clarity. That tells me that um, that tells me that that really there is a single simple source. When it looks to me that this person's disagreement with me is a uh, a reason to become angered, to lose temper, to lose my sense of self control. When I sense that the issue and the person's arguments that I'm dealing with are, are a basis for kind of losing that control, that's, that's, a, that's a, a wonderful indicator to me that, um, that I'm, I'm lacking a certain recognition of that equilibrium, of that truth, what's behind all, what's, what's behind everything. It's extremely valuable to, uh, to inquire and learn about and arrive at good wisdom conclusions about important issues of the day it's just that it's 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 impossible to do that it's possible to arrive at a wise wisdom oriented goals of clarity if i'm simultaneously unable to hold myself with a certain equilibrium i just don't have the capacity to um to see to to hold like my my capacity to see the to to see a breadth of perspective is is highly compromised, and I can't really trust my conclusions 
this is a, a topic I've mentioned before. The Talmud describes that when there was a point in time when two great academies had disagreements about various Jewish law matters, the Academy of Hillel and the Academy of Shammai, it wasn't 100% clear which, which ruling should be followed. And then a heavenly voice came forward and said that it's the, Hill, it's the Academy of Hillel. And when the Talmud clarified why was that, it was because the Academy of Hillel was stringent to be to accord great respect for the perspective of, of the Academy of Shammai. They excelled in that. They could replicate the argument of the Academy of Shammai, and they would do so unfailingly before they expressed their own position. They would unfailingly replicate the position of the Shammai. They would say, Shammai holds the following, and this is the basis of their argument. And here's where we disagree. And that quality is a litmus test to one's access to a broader wisdom, to, to an access to a, to a broader truth. To the degree that I, I, I lack the ability to listen and acknowledge the respectful, the respectfulness, the dignity of the party with whom I disagree. Now, obviously, I would, I do make exceptions to this. If, if you know, I, I don't believe that this character trait is is uh, this is not something to do with, let's say, Hitler. May his memory be erased. Or someone who similarly is interested in the destruction of of humanity or innocent lives, uh, such a person is not worthy of of this type of debate. But but even then, it's still the case that one's capacity to um, once it's a wonderful litmus test. To what degree do you have the ability to listen and take part onto a discussion? That with someone you disagree with and maintain a sense of equilibrium. And there's no, I don't know how to do it in the sense that I, here's a technique, uh, although I do think it's, it, it's a wonderful technique to say, well, let me see if I understand what you're saying. You know, that is a wonderful technique, but it's simultaneously a wonderful idea to just notice the level of difficulty you have with that endeavor. And that's a powerful indicator. It's a powerful indicator to the degree that you're, you or I or, or anyone is is missing this understanding. If I believe that this person's words and disagreement is this is a reason or is a cause of, of upset for me, that's a sign of confusion. It's a sign of confusion. It's a sign of entanglement. That my equilibrium and sense of well-being or, or emotional well emotional kind of uh, 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 comfort is somehow correlated to this guy's position. Um, that is a, a great litmus test. So, so I encourage everyone listening to this to try this. Next time you find yourself in an argument with someone, try the Beit Hillel approach. It's a simple idea, and you'll not only be able to utilize a wonderful wisdom idea, let me see if I'm understanding what you're saying, and then really make an effort to replicate it to the point where the party can say, yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. Don't try that, that process, see its effect on you, but also just be open to the very kind of litmus test, the degree to notice and watch the, the intensity of feelings that come up in a disagreement. If you sense that yours are kind of going haywire, it's a wonderful indicator. Oh, wow, I, I'm 
I'm somehow in the belief I possess a con I possess some perception that um, my equilibrium is related to the people around me and what they think and say. That's great information. That's great news. It gives you an insight. It gives you something to kind of inquire and look into, to pray for. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful litmus test.